Hi, and welcome to episode 261 of No Crying in Baseball, the, you know, Patty's at the Beach episode. My name is Potty Mouth, and I am so happy to be here with Junior Potty Mouth filling Patty's shoes for today. So welcome to the show, Junior Potty Mouth. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm very excited. And I've, I've got a note that you have a very cool hat on that we're going to be talking about more in the near future. But how, how long have you had that hat there? Um, unfortunately, so it's a Mariner's hat for everyone who can't see. Um, unfortunately, it came half an hour before the game started yesterday. So oh, I've had it for 26 hours at this point although you are you're definitely growing into a true mariners fan by still wearing the hat and i i appreciate that i just felt like i waited the whole week for it to get here i had yeah. to wear it sometimes. <laughs> totally sucks you know you could have i mean we're, we're gonna talk more about that game but you could have even gotten the hat you know in the second inning and gotten a lot of wear out of it yeah, or the third <laughs> inning the saddest part is i went to get it from the living room and it was still rallied it was still inside out from oh. where i left it on the table Wow. What inning did you rally? Did you not rally until the, the, the go-ahead in the beginning of the 18th? No. Or when did you rally? So we watched the first through probably about the fifth inning. And okay. then I had family in town who are not baseball fans. Mm. So the, the three members of our family, that are, or the two members of our family that are not baseball fans. <laughs> and so we went out to dinner and then came back and turned it back on. And then watched until, turned it back on in the 8th, watched until about the 13th or the 14th, <laughs> and then turned it off and went to a Halloween party and then just checked it on my phone to be super rude the whole time. That's, you know, I was at a party myself checking games on the phone, so I'm, I'm okay with that super rudeness. I think it's not super rude. Maybe it's just, it depends on who's a baseball fan, right? Yeah. In, in the room. Yeah, just passing my phone to my roommate so he can see that it's the... 15th inning and they're still going 16th <laughs> inning and they're still going and that is totally worth it like i don't know i think there should be a special exception for games that are doing crazy shit you know like wacky stuff is happening you should be able to check in i think more often yeah i needed to know what was going on yes yes totally all right i know we're gonna get into this even more in just a minute so I'm going to hand over uh, Patty's responsibilities to you and have you do the rundown, this yeah. week's rundown. She's got big shoes to fill, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> yep. Um, on today's show, we've got playoff ponderings. We've got what I think is the worst possible MVP take. The police blotter, which is a real police blotter today and is slimier than anticipated. And then we've got international baseball. Hey, hey, hey. So I was going to say just just a moment ago, the little PSA that we are now recording on Sunday. It's 530 right now. So I am I I'm afraid to breathe about the Guardians Yankees game that's coming very soon. I'm going to be watching it, but it hasn't happened yet. And by the time that you all listen to this on Tuesday, there could have been one game, there could have been two games, who knows. But you know a lot more about the Guardians and Yankees than we do, so we're not going to talk about them all that much except for, you know, just a few key key things. But what we do know is this has been the crazy almost, weekend almost completely of the underdog except for the Seattle situation. So I'm just wondering about all those, like, DraftKings bets and odds and how much money – has been lost with, I mean, Atlanta and L.A. were 
I think the two teams that I heard about the most as far as they're going to win the World Series, there was the whole, you know, people want to see Atlanta go back to back. And L.A. was seemed untouchable. But, hey, here we are. It's exciting. I think it's very cool. It is. It's fun. To Which see. have you been paying the most attention to or has it been like across the board? Um, I actually I didn't watch a lot of the Hammers Phillies games. I they were just never on when I could watch them. Yeah, ditto. Um, I watched, I would say the seventh through ninth innings of a lot of the LA San, uh, San Diego games. That's impressive. All right, but, you are a grad school yeah. student. I'll just say this because like San Diego at LA is like early innings for me with the yeah. <laughs> with the time change and being old and shit like that. I will say it's a lot of pulling it up on my phone really small and then falling yeah. asleep. But Aww. I've had it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, a lot of Mariners. Yeah. That's been a big one. Cleveland Yankees when I can catch it. But that's pretty rare, too. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a whole lot more for us to catch Absolutely. and to follow. So you want to hit on the hammers? <laughs> so to <Yeah>. speak. <laughs> I don't think that's what you're supposed to do with them. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> you hit, hit something with the hammers. Apparently, the, the Phillies did not get hit hard yeah, with the hammers. Which is that's big. I'm glad to see it. Are you? Yeah. Is that is that the way you were you were weighing in on that? It was. I think okay. there's, a, there's a couple guys on the hammers that I like, including the one that we're about to touch on. But uh-huh, right. I just can't get behind the chop. It's incredibly off-putting. I just they don't want to see it. Yeah, it is. It, it, that's true. And that was that was what would bug me so much about watching the World Series last year when it was at the Atlanta place that I just although what do you think about that game where the Phillies fans were doing the chop at the end? I was kind of like people seriously. I think it's funny to make fun of them. Like I yeah, if it wasn't also racist, I think it would have been right. really funny. But you can't <laughs> like you can't do racism. And then like, this is a joke, though. Right. But. Yep. Yeah, nice try, folks. Not, yeah. mm, mm. But I like the, the attitude of it. I like the vibe. I just didn't like the execution. Yeah. Like, I do Agreed. think it's very funny to make fun of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what's uh, good about them? Tell me what's good about the Hammers. Yeah, so I'm taking over Patty's role for today. Mm. And this year, she had the Hammers pitching staff. Yes. So I've got to report on that, which luckily overlaps a lot with my interests. Because Andy McCullough from The Athletic just had a big piece come out on Strider. And there was a, I think we would get along just fine. Oh my God. I would get along with him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so the first thing that I noted that I think I actually texted to you was he got, he went to Clemson and he got Tommy John his sophomore year and he couldn't pitch and he said he had a blood pressure issue. So he spent the time that he couldn't pitch researching new eating habits. That's wild. So he's a vegan, and he describes his reasoning Mm. behind it as satisfying his ethical concerns with the animal agricultural industry and those types of things and the environment. So you, as an environmental studies person, can connect with that. And y'all like vegans, I've heard. Yeah, I'm good with the uh, vegan part. Yeah, there, there was something that was like exuberantly vegan or enthusiastically. Yeah. There was some like big a descriptor for how how into being vegan he is. And I was like, all right, there you got me there. And then the other bit is I guess he was a poli-sci guy at Clemson. And I don't know if this is old news and I just missed it because I don't follow Atlanta. But there's a, there's a quote from 
the Clemson pitching coach that apparently he's, he's really into Bernie Sanders and he was really into Bernie Sanders during the 2020 election, which is wow. also what I was doing during the 2020 election yeah. for much of it. And the quote from the pitching coach is guys like to egg him on in the locker room about it, but there's no way they'd win because he'd win a debate with anybody on politics. That's so Which cool. I think is hilarious. Yeah. Well, and it also means like, I'd love to see him in more locker rooms. Like that's a good vibe yeah. to be getting out there, you know, to that kind of audience. Especially, it's a, a little ironic that he's in Atlanta. That's a pretty strong right. dichotomy there. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. That's a totally good point. So I don't, like, what does he think about that? I don't know. I'd like to yeah. know. I want to sit down and have a conversation. I want to know what he thinks about that. I would love to know what he thinks about that. And Absolutely. I do. And so the... The big thing, too, though, is that he's 23. Like, he's not that much older than you. Yeah. He's a young dude for be for being able to be so out there with his progressive politics. Yeah. Not holding anything back. Which I think, I don't want to, um, I don't I'd like to think that things are shifting that way. Because the folks that yeah. I know in baseball that I've worked with, that I've played with, they're, they're good guys there. And they're, like, they may not be as loud about it, but yeah. I don't think this is... I'm sure it's rare, but I don't think it's, I don't think he's the only one for sure. That's a really, that's a good, it's reassuring, definitely, you know, because we always fall back on Sean Doolittle, who is, yeah. you know, our, our patron saint and the local vocal person, but to have more guys coming up, especially a 23-year-old, yeah. although, I mean, the poor dude, he really, he had a rough time. It wasn't you know? great. It wasn't had a rough time in the playoff. <laughs> He had such a sparkling season, and then I don't know if it was the pressure or just, like, everybody has a, sh you know, shit happens. Like, who knows? But it's sad to see it, him end that way. But I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more coming from him. Yeah, like, they're not – Atlanta's not going to be bad next year. Yeah. So I'd, right. I'd like to see him warm up a little bit. Like, this is his first year, see what he can do. Mm -hmm. I like to see a Bernie bro on the big stage. That means a lot to me. <laughs> Representation's awesome. important. Yeah. Yeah. And if he can get microphones in front of him, you know, yeah. he's going to do the right thing with them. Yeah. So I'd like to hear more from him. Cool, cool, cool. And then I've got my brief Phillies report, which is just that Brandon Marsh is Patty's guy, and he had a three-run homer oh. in the bottom of the second, unfortunately, against Mr. Strider. Oh, wow. But that was it. It was a bomb. It was, he crushed it. It was great to see. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think I've been around here too long that I, I still have a little ill will against the Phillies, but maybe more so against the Hammers. So I guess it's the yeah. better of, of either one, and I want to see, you know, San Diego take down the Phillies at this point. That'd be cool. Is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. That'd be good to see. Although, so the, the other thing, though, that we're, we've been lamenting, and, you know, since the beginning of the show, is is the Mariners being the only – underdog team in this situation at this point, you know, knock on everything that's around me, that um, that lost. And and they got swept, but it, it felt so close yeah. because the, they started, it, they were up in each game except for the last <laughs> one where they weren't ahead at all, but they just played 18 fucking innings. So the first game, they were up seven to three going into the bottom of the eighth. You think that that's going to be locked down. Second game was not as as drastic. They were still up two to one in the bottom of the six, and they lost four to two. And then you know we've been talking about game three, which is just this record setting, 
six hour, six and a half hours almost. And last week, just last week, we were talking about the Cleveland Tampa record of yeah. 14 scoreless innings. Oh, look, I got a beer handed to me. Um, and, you know, now we're up to 17 scoreless innings with them being scored in the 18th. 18 innings. It's great. It's a good thing it was an early game, really. Yeah. I If that had started at 7 o'clock Pacific oh my time, God. there's no way I would have made it, no matter how no, much nobody I wanted would. to watch it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, it, it definitely goes back to that, that old 33, 33rd yeah. inning, you know, Pawtucket versus uh, Rochester game that – is a great book to listen to, but I you definitely think of shit like that when oh. it gets to it's like how much longer is it gonna go? Absolutely, because it could go, it could just keep going theoretically. Mm-hmm. But no, it was ridiculous. I don't, I don't know how that's possible. I really don't. Yeah, and and the pitching was good. Like that's that was the other amazing thing. There was some really amazing pitching in these later innings. It wasn't like. You know, nobody's going to position players. It, well, it was 0-0. Zero, zero, well, at some point, you would have had still. to, though. Right. They were out like, of pitching at the end. They were they were absolutely out of pitching. So that would have been an interesting – yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So give me some Mariners Mariners highlights. Like, And my heart goes out to every Mariner fan who might be listening to us. You know, that – you deserve better this year. You totally deserve better. Do you want the good thing or the bad bad things first? I'm going to leave that up to you. Okay. You, can, you. I got my second beer, so I'm, I'm in here. I'm ready to listen. Yeah, so I'll start with the air quality index because I, mm. I am doing my environmental policy stuff. Um, if you watched the game, you probably could see how smoky it was on the field. And that's because according to IQ Air, Seattle had one of the worst air quality index rankings of any city in the world at that time. In the world? Because a lot of the state is on fire. Oh, my God. And they just played. They just they didn't close the dome. They just played. Wow. Which is not great. Just that they could have closed it, though. Like, where where does that decision-making come in? That's crazy. I do. I was reading a little bit about it. It said they, their guys in the union and everyone talked about it, and they said it's not bad enough to close the dome. But Wow. I mean, if you can see it from the TV, it it wasn't great. Holy shit. That's crazy. Um, Also during that game, Cal Raleigh, who is, as you know, big dumper, big fan, by the way. Well, he he got them in there. He's like the key dude who got them in the playoffs. Yeah. So you might have seen during one of the innings, he calls time and he takes his glove off and something falls off. And you can see he's got his whole palm taped up, basically. Um, huh. apparently after the game, he revealed that he had a broken thumb and torn ligaments and caught all 18 innings. And he had had these injuries Holy for about a month. shit. For a month? Yeah. Oh my God. I hope he's, I, so this is like the mom in me that gets worried. Like I, I don't want any long-term damage for this poor dude for like sucking it up for a month of, you know, getting them through the playoffs. Holy shit. Yeah. Or into is- the playoffs and then. This is the hockey thing, where whenever a team gets knocked out of the playoffs, it's like, oh, he, he broke his knee two months ago. But I'm not used to it in baseball, so it was really... Oh, man. And at some point, I feel like you don't even want to encourage that. Like, I, I respect Mm-mm. buckling down and doing no. it for your team, but a broken thumb is... Right. No, I, I totally don't want to encourage, like, playing through injuries. It's just, it gets bad. 
And then I've got I've yep. got a nice thing for you. Okay, I like nice. What's nice? <laughs> Which is so Dave Niehaus was the Mariners play-by-play guy for about 30 years until he passed away in 2010. So they have a statue of him in the stadium, in his broadcast booth, and you can see the whole field behind him. Wow. But the problem with that is that the statue can't see the game because he's facing (laughs) away from the field. Yes. And the last time the Mariners win the playoffs were 2001. So they're bringing... What a year that was. Right. (laughs) Um, They're bringing playoff baseball back to Seattle. And so Mariners fans were circulating a petition to turn the statue around so that he could see the game. <laughs> oh, they didn't do it quick enough. Well, so I took, Clearly. A, I took a look right before we started, and they had about 280,000. No, I'm, that's the wrong number. 2,800 is what I was Okay, I was going to be like blown away momentarily. That's um, still, that's a lot of people. But what they did do is they put a little hand mirror so he could see <laughs> behind him. So his hand is kind of out, and they just stuck a mirror in it so he could see. That is so awesome. And there's, there's a photo of him and his wife, so the statue, and then his wife, who I believe is the one who put the mirror in his hand. Oh, man. Although it's, it's going to be hard to do play-by-play with from a right. like, little mirror in You've your you got to turn your head a little bit. Oh, that is such an awesome thing, though. I don't know. Seattle also has some youth there. Hopefully they'll go further next year, but that just that just sucks. I got my hat now. They've got a yeah, right, right. You're invested. You're absolutely yeah. invested now. It cost me a whole nineteen dollars. That's fair. Yeah, but they've they've got to you know make those that investment worth it. I think for you. So for real. Although this year, I don't know. My sympathy is starting to like very lean heavily toward the the brown and yellow of the Padres. I I don't know. They're I can't go full in for the Padres because of Josh Hader. I just can't. Yeah. Like it just it sucks that he's there. It was that was unnecessary. I don't know. I mean, I guess he's he's closed, you know, some stuff out solidly for them, but I just not as a human being, it's a rough one. You know, and then of course the other human being that I, I have had issues with in the past, and I'm I'm really trying hard to lo- mm, I can't say that. To to appreciate no, You're good. Manny, go, go ahead. Manny Machado. And I know that I know did, you were getting a Machado jersey, weren't you? Yeah. Right, a Padres Machado jersey. Is that in yeah. the works? I was trying All to get right. a City Connect jersey because I think they're yeah. sick. They look so oh, yeah. cool. Yep. Um, but you can't get them anywhere right now. So I'm kind of keeping an eye out. Because mm, you know, okay. he, was, he was on the, the Orioles for much of my, my formative yep. life. So that's my guy. Oh, yeah. And I know that we've varied on I this know. in the past. But that's my <laughs> fucking guy. Yeah, so your fucking guy has earned my fucking admiration <laughs> in the past day or so. I'm I'm gonna, you know, I can't like erase old wounds, but two two think two. Oh my god, I, I'm like stuttering here. Things that nice things I'm gonna say right now about Manny Machado. So first of all, um, Hassan Kim, who has filled Fernando Tatis Jr.'s shoes and beyond. Yeah, like, he's doing I don't great. know what they're going to do when Tatis comes back. Honestly, it's going to be sticky situation because Kim is is there and not only playing well, but a, a big clubhouse guy. And the Padres just 
props to them for learning phrases in Korean to encourage him when he's at the bat. Because, you know, you've got people yelling in Spanish and in English, and he's the, the only one, I think, on the team speaking Korean. And for the rest of the team to be learning phrases to encourage him means a lot. And the guy who is, is prominent in that is Manny Machado, who also learned to say, I love you, and yell that to him when he's at bat. Last week also, um, Patty and I talked about how there's always that shirtless guy. Like once the party started, starts, somebody's losing their shirt. In this case, it's Manny Machado. And not only is he losing his shirt, you know, he's just beaming with, with, with joy. And it was a, um, an ESPN interview. I don't know how the language got out there. Maybe it was just like the safer internet language. But he was just totally potty, potty mouthing it and screaming let's fucking go and celebrating and David Ortiz is cracking up actually Ortiz also was texting Machado at the, after the the win which adorable to see on ESPN but all right so my my few nice words about Manny Machado the Pirates, uh, Pirates, <laughs> the Padres the Padres also have a lot of other very nice guys who maybe I can appreciate a little bit more as well. You know, I'm glad to see Juan Soto and Josh Bell there. Mm. Even, I don't... I know. I mean, I, I didn't watch all of these games. I don't remember either of them doing anything that notable, but just to have them on the team and have them yep. get the success they couldn't have gotten in D.C. Yeah. Good. To see... And, and Juan Soto, I mean, they are, I think, both warming up a lot, but I did see a Soto hit where he was shuffling, like his <laughs> shuffle is, you know, no hold back. So I think that's a good infusion of energy for the, for the Padres. And the one that I know I just sent you is Will Myers, who I actually, I read this, um, this tweet, and then I went to see if either of you had picked him before. I was because, so close last year. Because it seemed like someone you would have picked already. Because this huh. is such a you kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, he and his wife, and there's videos of this, he and his wife, after they clinched, were just buying shots for everyone in the bar <laughs> that they went to I after the it. game. And he got behind the bar at one point. Like, you can see oh him God. all... What, I think the video I sent you goes through all of the, but he starts like leaning over talking to the bartender and then the next is from his wife's Instagram story and he's behind the bar. So moral of the story for anybody in San Diego, like get out there during the World Series. Yeah, because, him down. So, like, well, you're, you're jumping ahead. I don't know. Yeah, or, or the next championship, right? The the NLCS. Like, I don't know. Whatever thing they're going to win, get downtown so Mil Will Myers can buy you a shot. Like, I, that's that's <laughs> what I'm that's what I'm getting out of this message. Yeah. I just want to say I did knock on wood. I hope you heard it. Just to okay. clear that up. It's important. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, the, the, the superstition runs runs mighty over here, and uh, and I totally appreciate it. So as far as future Phillies success, I may I can't make it through like a, a five minute conversation with my dad without him being like, if the Red Sox had kept Schwaba. But you know, Schwaba has not done anything at almost anything at this point. Twenty at bats in the playoffs, one hit. And that hit was not a home run. So I don't know. Maybe he's just I'm hoping that it's not that he's holding it for the for the Padres, but 
you know, if Schwab is not hitting, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the championship? The other big guys, so these are big guys coming up short. The other big guys who are not hitting, and I'm fine with this, is, and, and again, shit, I, I'm afraid to say this out loud because we're, I'm hopefully not jinxing anybody that Giancarlo Stanton is currently one for nine in the playoffs, and Aaron Judge is one for 12. Now, granted, for Judge, that was a home run because when Judge hits, that's what's going to happen. But, you know, I think your uh, Patty was was talking, was it last week, bashing New York Mets fans for booing Scherzer because, damn it, you know, he, he had a shitty day, but he's the one who's going to know that and you don't have to boo him. So Judge, who just fucking broke Roger Maris's record, Finally. strikes it out four times. <laughs> strikes out four times on Friday. Whatever, four strikeouts in a game is a big and and the New York fans fucking boo him <laughs> after that. Apparently, like this is what happens to him in the playoffs. He was against Cleveland in two, 2017. He had four Ks in three different playoff games, but you know, neither one of them won it that year. Sadly, um, I was. And I'm I'm really ashamed to say this one that I saw an Instagram post by A Rod and <laughs> he was saying that the issue is pl- putting him in leadoff and I didn't go to um to check to make sure that that's what had happened in all of the games where Judge has been but he's not a leadoff hitter like that's just not a position I agree. oh God I agree with A Rod also not just big guys coming up short little guys coming up short Jose Altuve despite Despite the Astros just sweeping and moving, has not gotten a hit yet at the time of recording. Go figure. Can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah, please. Do you follow A-Rod on Instagram? I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. That's another one that I feel very mixed about. And it's even worse than Machado. Like, there's so much, like, that I dislike about A-Rod. But at the same time... He does say he has some good analysis. He has some good perspective. And um, I don't know. He's also just, just, I can't look away. <laughs> I can't look away. It's one of those like intriguing enough to like keep my attention. And then, and then I'm sort of sucked in. And I feel bad for him with the whole J-Lo thing. I honestly do. Well, she was too good for him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's his fault. I mean, I think it came down to him being a dick, but. Yeah, they were. He was also so enamored of her. And yeah, she was too good for him. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough for the Yankees. Or is it enough for the Yankees? Well, so I know one of the big things that's been going around right now is the AL MVP race. Yeah. And so it's pretty much down to Judge or Otani. Yep. And I think a lot, a lot of folks have been getting pretty heated about this. Yeah. And I think as much as it pains me to say it, I think there are good arguments you could make for either one. Yeah. Um, the worst argument I've seen, which is the most Yankee brain take I can come up with, <laughs> is, and I almost wish I had written it down so I could give you the exact language, but it was the argument that the Angels, not in the playoffs, the Yankees were mm-hmm. clearly going to the playoffs. Right. Okay. So when Judge is doing badly, it's because there's more pressure on him, but there's not any pressure on Otani because they're not going to the playoffs. So okay. it's not really fair to compare their batting numbers to each other. Because even, even like pre-playoffs? Because MVP yeah. is pre-playoffs, yeah. right? 
so, just because he had that pressure that they might be going to the playoffs and Otani didn't? Yeah, so I think the implication Holy was Otani can just swing away and Judge is, you know, focused. He's being a team guy, which is, I think he just can't hit, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> like, um, I mean, he hits bombs, clearly, and he strikes out a lot. That's just like his pr- player profile that I don't think, you know, I guess, like, if you want to extrapolate that, yeah, playing in front of New York fans, clearly they booed him, is, like, much more stressful than playing in Anaheim, like, clearly. Yeah. So what, you know, like, is that the issue? But, yeah, where's, that's I a mean, pretty shitty argument. Where's the porch in Yankee Stadium? Where's the porch in Anaheim? Like, if you really want to get into it. But it's just, I yeah. don't I don't think that's the argument you yeah. want to make. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a hard decision. I am glad that I don't have to because yeah. I'm actually, you know, despite my anti-Yankees sentiment completely and, and not being too fond of Judge, I, I don't know, I can't say that. He seems like a fine guy. Um, there's a good argument. I mean, he broke a huge record. Like, that's that's big. And Otani is just Otani and, and incomparable in so many ways. So it's like they really do need, you know, two awards because it just – it's apples and oranges and you're just going to make fruit salad. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> something's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that, that saying goes. I don't know. I am not good with the metaphors. All right, I am going to, as our as our clock is ticking, I'm going to delve into this police blotter. And this is usually totally Patty territory because she's very good with the analytics here. But I'm going to do my best because this is absolutely getting buried by all the playoff talk because playoff talk is fun and we're all, you know, following the teams. And this information should have come out um, probably months ago, but it didn't. And this is the Tyler Skaggs situation. We talked about way back in previous episodes that the Angels pitcher, Tyler Skaggs, um, died because of being given pills laced with fentanyl. And Eric Kay, the former communications director of the Angels, is the one who was found guilty of two felony counts in the death of Tyler Skaggs, and the two counts were distributing counterfeit pills laced with fentanyl and conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute. So Patty mentioned this very clearly in episode 227, which was a while ago. This sentencing was supposed to be happening in June, so he was found guilty. We knew he was going to be sentenced. The question was how long, and the federal minimum is 20 years, which is an incredible amount of time. So Patty also talked about how at that point there were the, it's part of the key in getting him found guilty were other players testifying that he's giving them these drugs and the um the the hotel key cards placed him in the room when Skaggs died. And so instead of him doing the right thing and trying to say save Skaggs, he just covered his own ass and got the hell out of there, which, you know, right there, you know, would make you feel pretty, pretty slimy about this guy. Um, a, important note, though, this all happened in Texas. So this, the trials in Texas, because they were on a road trip, we, that's important. We come back later with uh, the current civil suits, which are happening both in Texas and California. So just this past week, October 11th, uh, Kay was sentenced to 22 years, so above the minimum. Why just this week when it was supposed to be coming out in June? 
both of his lawyers left, uh, quit. Um, it's it's unclear about one of them. One of them was suspended from law on another issue, so I'm not quite sure about the quality of the lawyers that he had going with him. But it sounds like a little bit of a rocky road for the for the trial. The judge seemed to be sympathetic toward him in the beginning and skeptical of this 20-year minimum being too harsh. But then the judge actually increased the sentence because of recorded phone calls from prison. So this is case or literally, literally digging his own grave. If you're talking on a prison phone, you know it's being recorded. Like what is going through this man's mind when he said... I hope people realize what a piece of shit he was while he's dead, so fuck him. I mean, I feel disgusting just saying that out loud, reporting it. But for this guy, like, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt of, all right, he he caused this person to OD. He clearly didn't want that to happen. He has got to feel super shitty in prison, you know, stewing and having to deal with what actually happened. And you would think there would be some sort of remorse or or just stress about it. And his defense of these horrible words he said were just that, well, this is the reaction of somebody who's freaking out in prison. Like you're you're going through this, you you don't want it to be your fault, so you're basically lashing out to blame it on somebody else. He also called the Skaggs family trash ass. He called the jurors rednecks, and he even insulted the prosecutor. Moral of the story, there's so many morals of the story. I don't know, just saying there's so many levels of horrific. I just wanted to kind of feel bad for this guy who, you know, did shit that he shouldn't have and is definitely responsible for, but at the same time probably feels bad about, but maybe he doesn't. I, I just feel, yeah, it's just disgusting. It's just disgusting. He he apologized. I'm so glad. Yeah, I know. Like, well, how do you even begin? How do you, I just, I don't even get it. He apologized. He said, I wanted to blame Tyler for all of this so wrong and foul. All right. He didn't testify in his own hearing. His family did, however, because in this whole mess, so again, this is happening in Texas, he lives in California. His family is asking for him to be able to serve these 22 years near his home in California. He has three sons. Can't imagine what these kids are going through. I didn't look into what the, the young, how old the youngest is. The oldest is 20. He's the one who testified for leniency because he said, think of my 12-year-old brother and not being with his dad for the next, you know. I mean, 22 years is the official thing. Who knows what it's going to be based on probation and and shit like that but it's I don't know I don't know it's just too many too many levels I feel like he crossed so many lines here in just being a dick about not taking responsibility for something horrible you know I mean at least I mean I granted he couldn't get under 20 years I'm wondering if it has something to do with a, a little bit of an entitled upbringing his mom, this is Eric Hayes' mom, was interviewed by the Washington Post and clearly was defending her son and said Tyler Skaggs was an adult male 
who willfully chose to engage in dangerous behavior that ended in his death. And to hold someone else accountable for that is a great injustice. So that's, I don't know, she's trying to get her kid off the, off the hook. They are appealing, so this is not over. Um, there's also a shit ton more that's going to happen because Tyler Skaggs' parents are suing both Eric Kay in a civil court, so that means you know paying out money, and the Los Angeles Angels in both California and Texas for wrongful death, and Skaggs' widow is suing the Angels in California for negligence. And I just... I can't express enough sympathy for that family to just have to continue to go through the the details of this horrific death in order to try to get some sort of justice that's not going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. Yeah. Damn it. It's ugly. It's really sad. And there's no... Like, I mean, he, he was an adult who made this right. choice, but also no one is just taking pills. So clearly there's, it's really very, very sad that he passed. And it's also horrible that they're treating him like this after he passed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. To, to like say, to, to insult somebody who has died is awful in, in, in the way that he did. And I it's also that little window into that, you know, playing through pain thing, like what you were talking about before, right? That's what it's all about. That's what it comes down to is that players can't afford to be hurt. And whether it's afford, you know, financially, it's more like afford as as far as your career. Yeah. You want to keep playing. And and these guys are in such pain. And pitchers, man, like I just I always get nervous when I see pitchers throwing steadily at close to 100 miles an hour. Oh my God! What is that? Like the the twenty three year old um, hammers pitcher we we're talking about. I'm, he already had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. I'm concerned at the overall well being and what does it? What are the the options, right? And if you got a guy who's got some pills that's going to make you feel better and going to make you play longer, and get cozy up to that guy. And I mean, it, yeah, it could be money too. Like if you're in a contract yeah. negotiation. You want to be a team guy, right? Like you want yep. your coach to tell you to go out there and you want to say, yes, sir. You don't want to say, I'm sorry, I can't, my totally. shoulder hurts. And yep. your shoulder could hurt because you are injured. But if all we're going to tell you is to get back out there, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yep. 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 Exactly. So we will, we will stay up on the Eric K case and see what happens. I can't imagine the appeal going anywhere, but. Minimum 20 years is a, is a big deal, totally a big deal. I have my own thoughts about the way that we treat prison in this country, but this yeah. is a case that I cannot really bring myself to have sympathy for. Like, yeah. I, it's right. horrible. It's so ugly. Right. Well, I mean, but I think you have a, a good point with our prison system clearly not being rehabilitatory. Rehabilitatory, right? Is that a word? Did I say that right? Um, it's not rehabilitating. It's just making things worse. So, like, what would be the best thing for him to be doing in the next 20 years? Sitting in a cell or, I don't know, like, being being forced to work in drug rehabilitation programs and do something so that these programs can, like, forced to pay his money, put his money where drug rehab is necessary. Something more proactive and more solving the issue than sitting there and 
I don't know. You know. I think that's a question for someone who's a lot smarter than I am. But <laughs> you're you're there. I think I, I mean, have faith in you. There are folks who know more about abolitionist theory than I do. Well, all right. But, you just started grad school. You'll be yeah. you'll be good in a couple of years. Hey, tell tell me something nice. How's how's baseball in the world? Right. I'm going to go happy. I'm going to go to my happy place, which is the World Baseball Classic. I am so excited. So anybody who is the fan of a team who is not in the playoffs, you can join my little bandwagon here, even though I don't have Patty's lovely bandwagon drink at the moment, and join the World Baseball Classic because there's so much fun stuff, including Patty's uh, former boyfriend from the Marlins. I don't know how I missed this. It was like three weeks ago that Jazz Chisholm announced that he's playing for Great Britain, which is fun on so many levels because this is the first World Baseball Classic for Great Britain. They, If you've been paying attention to our podcast, you'll remember that I talked about them barely beating out Spain in the qualifiers in Germany. Jazz actually played for Great Britain in the 2017 qualifiers. He didn't on this one. They clearly didn't need him, but he's going to add that you know, jazz pizzazz. The, what the hair color is he going to show up for? He's, you know, from the Bahamas, which we know is a former British colony, and apparently that counts enough to get you on the team. So I'm excited to see Great Britain. I'm not exactly – I need to, to do a little bit more research to see which um, which venue that they're playing in, but I don't – it's not either one of the U.S. venues – Unfortunately, the United States team is going to be playing in Phoenix, Arizona. Tickets have gone on sale. Yeah. The United States team includes JT Realmuto, Will Smith, Pete Alonso, Paul Goldschmidt, Trevor Story, Nolan Leonardo, Tim Anderson, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Cedric Mullins, Mike Trout, and Kyle Tucker. This is going to be a fun game, a fun team to watch, and they're being coached for hitting by Ken Griffey Jr., which I also totally missed. So they're going to be in Arizona. Arizona tickets have gone sale. Arizona is going to be Mexico, Canada, Colombia, the U.S., and Panama is the one from the last playoffs who's going to be there. You can get tickets in like, you know, our 300s, which it's, it's not as high as Nats Park where we go to the 400s, but 300s tickets, which is still fun, behind home plate, $144 for 10 games, two games a day. I mean, so I'm wondering, that's not bad. is it worth it that, <laughs> to go to Arizona? Well, you said $140, $130? $144 for 10 games. So that's, that's like less than 15 bucks yeah, a game. Yeah, that's... I think the minor league team here cost more than that when I went. <laughs> right. So, granted, these are the 300 tickets. If you want to get good tickets, they're, they're a good chunk more. But you get to see that U.S. team. So yeah. that's the cool thing about the Arizona tickets. It's just the first round. So you're just seeing them against those teams. If you want to go to semifinals or finals, you have to go to Miami. That still aren't on sale to the general public. And that I'm just kind of like, I, so now I feel like if I had all the money in the world, a little bit torn because flying, you know, you're dealing with time change here, going to, yeah. to Phoenix. Um, I'm not even sure if Phoenix is the right place. It's wherever the, the um, D-backs are. It's their stadium that they're using. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is. Phoenix? I don't um, know. I got to look that. I, I clearly need to do more research. But I'm just wondering, like, money-wise, 
from somebody coming from D.C., is it worth it going out to Arizona to see the U.S. crazy team in the first round or to go to Miami and then see the DR in Venezuela and Puerto Rico in the first round or the playoffs, which I'm sure the U.S. team is going to be in. It's, I don't know, it's just scrambling in my head and it's probably all pipe dreams, but at the very least, I can watch it on some sort of screen, I think. Absolutely full-time. So Nicaragua is the one that's going to be added into Miami. The only other player addition that I've heard about this week is Jose Orquidi adding to the Mexican team, and they're going to be out there in Arizona. So I am dreaming World Baseball Classic. I am I am hoping. I admire the U.S. team. It would be so much fun to see them, but I also want to see the Dominican, Puerto Rican, Venezuelan team. It's going to be too much to watch. Also, in case that's not enough. So that's not happening until next March. So save up, plan, plan ahead. The winter leagues are starting now, like ahorita, like this moment. Yesterday, Lidom kicked off the Dominican League. You can watch Lidom on MLB TV if you have that package, even though a lot of people who have MLB TV can't watch the playoffs, but you can watch Dominican baseball. So if you're missing the MLB playoffs because your MLB TV subscription doesn't cover it, you know, consolation, watch Dominican baseball. The Venezuelan League is actually on YouTube. So really? you can watch Venezuelan baseball on YouTube apparently this year. I'm not sure what's happening with Puerto Rico, but uh, but our, our favorite energizer panda, Pablo, Pablo Sandoval, was playing in Venezuela with the Navagantes de Magallanes, who won it all last year. He is not returning, not because he's retiring, but because he's playing in Puerto Rico with the Cangrejeros de Santurce, which is really interesting because Yadier Molina, who's from Puerto Rico, is now coaching Pablo Sandoval's now former team, the the Navegantes. He just got there. He's been given like this regal welcome. So all the videos, I, I got to find something to put in the show notes because there's a lot of really fun videos about Yadi showing up in Venezuela and they're all excited about him. So I don't know, a little bit of a cultural exchange there, I guess, between Sandoval, Venezuelan going to Puerto Rico and Molina, Puerto Rican going to Venezuela. And it's all for fun. I hear he's got a lot more free time right now, so recently. <laughs> there's, there's that. There is that. So what would they have done had the Cardinals moved on? Kind of I in. don't. What's the time yeah. difference? I, uh, not much. I don't think it's much. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Zoom. He's in the dugout. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that's what I got for World Baseball Classic. So what are you doing this week, Junior Potty Mouth, to uh, follow baseball or otherwise? What's what's on your schedule for this week? Grad school, mostly. That's Oh, man. That's I Yeah, day. I so appreciate you, like, subbing in right now, like, in your grad school schedule. Much appreciated. No, How is that grad here. school thing going? It's good. Um, I read so much now. I have to wow. read every day. Like you didn't before? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't get to pick what I read anymore, though. That's part of it. Okay. All right. Um, Power no, to it's you. good. What's an example of, like, a fun title that you're reading now? Um, right now, I'm reading – I'm pulling this out from under a pile of other books. I'm reading <laughs> Decolonizing Methodologies by Linda Tawai Smith. Wow. Which is really I'm good. I'm so impressed. You might like it, actually. Um, really okay it's definitely a textbook but it's a lot about 
I mean, decolonizing the way that we do research and the way that you can. So she, she's indigenous. She's from New Zealand and it's about her experiences in research and what we need to change about the way we do it. There's probably a lot. So it's very, (laughs) it's going to be a big book, but no, it's really interesting. So I've been very, I feel like I'm learning a lot. That's awesome. That's Um, totally the, the key in grad school. Well, good. Yeah. So you're going to fit in some some playoff baseball watching in between? I am. I mean, y'all are going to know how it turns out before I do, but I'm going to watch Ugh. Yankees tonight. Um, Yankees-Guardians, I should say. Yeah. And then see how it goes. I'm with you. Well, we will definitely be in touch. Yeah. We will definitely be in touch as things go along. So um, at this point of the show, uh, Patty does a lot of talking. <laughs> And then, I don't know, throws it over. I'm trying to think of, like, how to sum up Patty. Oh, but wait, wait. I, I almost missed the um, your first question back to me. Yeah, where can you find us? Yeah, there we go. So follow us on Twitter. You can find us at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram is No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to keep us afloat so that we can keep making more podcasts, you can find us on Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying and b-ball. Throw us a little bit of money and let us know what we can put on Patreon to make that worthwhile for you. So, yeah, so now is the point where Patty says a whole bunch of really positive shit like fight the man and get your vaccine and go Guardians and I don't know, a whole bunch of stuff like that. What do you think? Sounds all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry, Patty. I did my best. You got most of them. Yeah. Okay. Do I get, I get my line? Yep, you get your line. Okay. Say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Welcome to how my brain functions. Okay.